0: Sometimes the kindness of one stranger can make all the difference. Steve Crocker had loved sport in his younger days and he had been highly active as an engineer on ships in the UK's Merchant Navy. Ever since being a kid, he'd been kicking, catching and running on the sports field or sailing, swimming and canoeing in the sea off the coast of his native Cornwall. His fitness and strength as an adult masked a growing degeneration of his spine. And by the age of 39, mysteriously, he was scuffing his shoes walking to work, tripping on curbs and struggling to lift his feet. A shocking diagnosis led to complicated surgeries, long rehabilitation and the increasing threat of a life ahead, using a wheelchair. Depressed, he completely gave up on sport and tried to develop an interest in looking at architecture and ancient churches. Then a few years ago, he happened to treat his then partner to a trip to watch a women's professional golf tournament, and the kindness of a stranger changed Steve's life.
1: Now I met Graham Robertson at LET Ladies Events at the Buckinghamshire, I think it was two thousand and fifteen, and he just got talking to me, and he said, "Oh, hello, I'm Graham. You know, I've got MS and whatever else." And uh, we had a really good chat, and he said to me come along and play the disabled golf which I never heard of so I had to get over that depression and that was well that was Graham Robertson really actually meeting him and um, listening to him nothing was too much trouble for that man you know he could barely move but he didn't quit starting from that first competition it's now get out there every single opportunity you get so I play down at this able body club but I play in the seniors as well So I play the men's on the Saturdays, seniors on the Mondays, I do disabled golf wherever I can. And it's just, um, well, the more I do it, the longer I'm gonna stay out of the wheelchair.
0: Today, Steve is 65 years old. So far in 2022, Steve's competition schedule has included the Edgar Johnny Ray Classic in May, where he exuded warmth and a generous spirit when meeting the Edgar volunteers. He and the fellow players were key to a great social vibe at the Coventry event. Steve then took his positive outlook to the German International in Bavaria two weeks later and the following week to Turin in Italy to play in the Italian Open, which were also Edgar-badged events. He uses a single-seater buggy to travel the course and look after his legs and back and says through playing golf he feels better than he did ten years ago. This true sportsman was always a strong man, hailing from the fishing port of St. Agnes, not far from Land's End in Cornwall, England. He joined the Merchant Navy after a five-year apprenticeship at the Devonport Naval Base. Steve served for 11 years as an engineer. He loved the worldwide travel with Japan, Sumatra, Malaysia and Polynesia being his particular favourites.
1: I mean there's nothing that beats traveling really i haven't changed that opinion even at this stage of my life
0: on his return from globe trotting he worked for a while before signing up as a mature student aged 36 at the sussex university to study mechanical and manufacturing engineering golf was only on the very edge of steve's consciousness in those days though he had played nearly every other sport as a growing lad rugby football hockey orienteering rock climbing cross-country running sailing canoeing with the sea scouts and even tug of war and boxing
1: absolutely loved it i couldn't sit still and I well as i say when i got older i obviously wanted to be a professional sportsman because you'd be in the gym at least four times a week plus you're playing sports saturday and sunday as well it's just an obsession more than anything but uh, never quite made it unfortunately
0: so how did golf arrive for the first time oh goodness
1: uh probably when i was at university um i had a really young son at the time uh he was about four and um we used to go to a pitching putt along the seafront at brighton because there were two of them and um he just used to love hitting golf balls so we got this little one of these really old 50 year old golf clubs these little rustless things <laughs> and we just started hitting those and um and then i started taking him to a driving range but that was really the only golf I did.
0: Besides, after university, Steve was busy in a new job in London. At the age of 39, his travel into work was starting to get trickier.
1: I was living in a place called Preston Circus, which is just away from the, the station there. I kept tripping on separate crosses and stuff. It was getting to the point where I was having to put my hands in my pockets to lift my legs up.
0: At this time, Steve was taking his son to see a cranial osteopath following a traumatic birth, which had inhibited his speech development. The therapist succeeded and got the young boy talking properly. This remarkable result would lead to a different discovery.
1: All of a sudden, my son started speaking, and uh, so we went to a few of these sessions, and uh, this chap said to me one day, what's the matter with your legs? And I just said, well, I don't know, I've been having trouble walking lately, I keep tripping on tripping up things you know trying to step up onto a curb and uh, he said oh just jump up on the table I'll give you a quick exam and um, he started examining my cervical spine with his fingertips he just said to me well I'm going to call your GP right now you're going to have to go to him get his letter and then go up to the hospital to get an MRI he said there is something seriously wrong with your cervical spine that was a bit of a lightning bolt, and um, so I went up there, had the MRI. I think within three hours I'd had a diagnosis to say that my cervical spine was getting compressed in three places.
0: Steve speaks of being completely shell-shocked with the diagnosis after a lifetime of sport and exercise. His C3 to C6 vertebra was squeezing the disc onto the spinal cord. He needed a laminectomy removing a portion of the vertebrae called the lamina which is the roof of the spinal canal and a 14-hour operation followed by nine months of recovery with physiotherapy three or four times a day
1: it's a bit of a gory sort of thing they just chop you all up and at the back open you open up like a pair of curtains take all the muscles off the bones all the neck shoulder back muscles and stuff to get out the the spine and um yeah it was kind of a monster of an operation that thing but um yeah we were uh, hoping that things were going to get back to normal but um, never quite did and uh, I think it lasted for about seven years and then it started getting bad again and I started tripping over things and it, it happened again so they went back in a second time same results it almost got better but not quite but then it really went downhill quite badly after that second operation.
0: A third major operation would follow but today any procedure would be just too risky as the spinal cord would be damaged irreparably.
1: Yeah, it's kind of one of those things that it's just chronic, it's progressive, I'll just end up in a wheelchair.
0: Steve had developed rheumatoid arthritis after the first operation. In those times, he fought hard to help himself, trying pilates, yoga, the Alexander technique, trying to find mobility and flexibility. But after the third operation, he effectively gave up on sport and exercise for six or seven years. It was then Steve started to look at the churches and architecture, trying to engage his brain as his body was failing him. But then, one day in 2015, he took his former partner to a ladies' European tour event at the Buckinghamshire Golf Club to have a look at something new. On parking their car, the tournament organiser noticed them and was incredibly encouraging, Lending the couple the use of his buggy to get about, finding them a prime spot on the first tee to watch, and even introducing them to players.
1: And, of course, when we came back, um, I think I was on having a go on one of these putting things, you know, in the little tented village bit there. Graham came up to me and tapped me on the shoulder and said, Oh, hello, I'm Graham, and uh, do you play golf at all? I said, You're joking, of course. You know, um, now I'm disabled. He said, No, 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 we... Um, Let me have a little chat to you about our Disabled Golf Association. So, um, Graham, it's one of those few people that you ever meet in your life that will give you a lot of time and all the help he can.
0: Graham Robertson, who has multiple cirrhosis, is a leading light of the Disabled Golf Association, DGA, an England-wide registered charity with a focus on providing golf competition days for people with impairments and disabilities.
1: Nothing was too much trouble for that man. You know, he could barely move, but yeah, he didn't quit. And, you know, I looked at that man the first time when I met him at that golf tournament and I thought, wow, you know, if that fella can do it, so can I. And um, as I say, I just loved it when I went and uh, started hitting balls. It was, yeah, okay, it was a bit wayward and whatever else, but I think I only had about five clubs. I didn't have a word or anything. I think the biggest club I had was a five iron, but um, it was just enough to just keep the ball going up the fairway. Because it was late in the year, I had to wait until the following year. But I think we started in April 2016, and I ended up with something like about 120 on the scorecard, whatever it was. But um, I had such a good time, though. I had loved it, absolutely loved it. Actually, just being out doing something, meeting a lot of disabled people. Yeah, I was absolutely hooked from that first time and yeah I think I ended up with something like about a 28 handicap or something after a couple of events and I managed to get down to about 20 by the end of that season. I think originally I had zero expectations you know it was just turn up swing a few clubs and see how you get on it was um it is what it is but of course the better you start to strike the ball and you think oh I broke at 100 oh right I'm down to 90 and expectation levels go up.
0: The scoring testing yourself is often a big thing for golfers. But Steve is also in no doubt of the other benefits to his well-being, to be out there with other people enjoying the fresh air.
1: But I think the first thing is depression, just absolutely getting over that depression, because that's an absolute killer, that is.
0: Taking up golf with a disability in his late 50s, Steve looked around for a suitable golf club. Unfortunately, at first he found little encouragement as the clubs were nervous about, amongst other things, how long it would take him to play and whether he would hold up the members.
1: And it was only the owner down at Horam Park that said, Phew, regardless, forget it, no worries, sign here, that's fine. And he was actually really generous in as much as he said, right, every time you play, we'll give you a use of a buggy and you won't have to pay extra for it.
0: Steve says he loves being part of Horam Park. He enjoys a lot of Mickey taking back and forth with his friends there and is highly appreciative of the support he enjoys from his fellow players who he does love to outscore whenever he can.
1: There's nothing better being a disabled person actually beating able-bodied people, you know, coming in with a better score on your card. (laughs) Um, You know, if you actually hit one off the tee, and if I catch one, I mean, I can still get past most of them down there. I mean, the single-figure handicappers are, you know, putting it away past mine, but normally, yeah, I'm still making about 200, 210. So, uh, yeah, can just, keep it on the straight and narrow. Um, I'm right in the mix with that lot.
0: Side hill lies and deep bunkers are a problem for Steve and he endures plenty of falls to the ground. Sometimes amusing his playing partners and himself. Sometimes much less so, but he keeps getting up and like his friend Graham, he never quits. Coaching Steve's swing is Kai Menai-Davis, a PGA professional based at the Shire near London. Menai-Davis is also the co-founder of the Golf Trust, the charity set up to bring people together through golf. The Trust's work in community spaces is helping to make golf a more inclusive sport for all. Not only has Kai helped Steve's golf game, but the Cornishman was proud to put the Trust logo on his golf bag and to be an advocate for the charity promoting its community golf message wherever he travels. Steve is now keen to organise local project to support other golfers with a disability. COVID-19 has got in the way, but Steve remains determined to set this up when he can.
1: As I say, I'm still determined to try and stay on my feet as long as I can, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I think as far as golf goes, Tony, uh, it's just room. I don't see my life away from it now. As I say, I was made redundant back in 2018 and uh, nobody's offering me a job at my age, so fine. Um, as I say, I've always wanted to give something back um, after the, the first couple of years of disabled golf. It's transformed me from what I used to be to what I am now.
0: When asked about any advice he might give to others, Steve jokes that he certainly wasn't the best person to ask when he was travelling around looking at old churches. But he says that mentors really can be invaluable and he mentions Graham, Kai, Mike Overton in Wales and Jim Gales in Scotland all of whom you're seen supporting others so well. Well, actually,
1: anybody that plays disabled golf, because I think they're all mentors to some extent, because they all go home and say, oh, I've just had a few good laughs. Um, You want to come along to the next one? I mean, it's a bit of fun. You don't have to be Tiger Woods when they follow. It's, um, yeah, just it's meeting people, having a little bit of fun, a little bit of exercise. Just getting out of the everyday run of things it just kind of enthused me for just about everything, really.
0: Today, Steve is battling with his health and fitness to keep his legs moving okay so that he can still stand to swing a golf club. But he's enjoyed some positive recent encouragement. His new therapist uses a program called Be Activated, and Steve has enjoyed striking results after the treatments. A lot of small changes have made a profound overall effect, he says. Client and therapist have created future plans and goals with a long-term aim of 50% improvement. We disabled folk need these targets to aim for, says Steve. Meanwhile, Steve will continue to encourage as many other people with a disability to try or get back into the sport he found himself, probably in his case, just in time.
1: If I can make one person happy, if they can change like I did, you know the sense of well-being i got after that first game of golf i really i know i talked 19 to the dozen but i haven't got the words to put per- how good i felt when i came in for that golf you know i was absolutely shattered i have to say the legs are aching my backs are aching oh i didn't know what to do myself physically but i just felt so good afterwards just getting out there and having some fun